floored. Floored. I have like no words. This is where I started to cry. This is where I started to tear up emotionally. Um, it was a lot for me. Wow, why am I like getting emotional talking about an overture? I'll never miss another thing he ever does, to be honest. We're sorry that we ever missed any of your performances and we cannot wait to see everything else that you do in the future. Hi everyone and welcome back to Off to Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, we're talking all about our most recent trip to Stratford. This was our first theatrical experience in a live setting of 2021. And it was like kind of emotional for us. It was crazy. Um, The thing that struck me most was when we were sitting there and everyone was applauding together. I was like, I haven't been in a group of people applauding for something in a year and a half, basically. Yeah, um, we have also like let our thoughts formulate. We saw this exactly almost one week ago now. So we have really like thought about these shows. But before we talk about the two cabarets that we got to see, um, let's talk a bit about the like Stratford experience. Um, If you have never been to Stratford, obviously this year, very different than most years. Everything is outdoors this year with the exception of one show, Three Tall Women, which is the first indoor show that Stratford is putting on for their 2021 season. So that's pretty exciting. Um, But we went to see two of the five cabarets that they are offering this year in the Festival Theater Tent. Now, a pro tip, I would say, if you are going to do a two-show day like we did, go early and grab that free parking spot right outside of the Festival Theater. Yes, yes. (laughs) It's listed on the website as free parking um, there were a bit of like quite a few spots, but we were going when there were only 100 people in each show. And it looks like at time of recording that quantity is going to be up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be a little bit harder to get that free parking. The experience like walking through the walkway to get to that festival theater and like seeing all of those volunteers again was just like exciting. I felt so happy for them that they could be back to do something that they love to do. And I feel like safety wise, like I felt so comfortable there. They do like ask you the, you know, COVID protocol questions before you walk in. Um, They made sure to tell us that everything was more than six feet spread out. So if we did want to take off our masks inside of the tent, like we were more than welcome welcome to. So I think Stratford is like doing a really great job with their COVID protocols. And it was really nice to see. Yeah, I felt um, very comfortable the entire day. Uh, The way it worked, we went so early in the season. So it was only 100 people in each tent. And you bought a little block of tickets and you had to Mm -hmm. buy your entire block of tickets. And um, so when we got there, we had two seats together. And then all around us was tons and tons of space between the next person. And when you were moving around and all the volunteers and ushers were wearing masks, but once you were in your seat, they said, up to you, but you can take your mask off. Because some people were drinking in their seats or eating in their seats. Um, But I didn't feel that we were too close to anyone at any point. No. Also, we did wear our masks for the first show because it was freezing i would that's say so true. that's a, that's the danger of uh of this this outdoor theater it was under a tent and i it didn't rain while we were there though there were other shows where it did rain it rained on the drive up the whole drive up yes it did rain on the drive up but while we once we got there no rain we sat there but it was there started it started at 11 a.m the sun wasn't fully out yet so we're just under a blanket huddled 
Yeah. Because we were freezing. But yeah. then the day ended up being a gorgeous day. Stunning. It was like the, such a hot day. The night yeah. show was like so great. The weather was amazing. But I will say specifically, if you do go to those 11 a.m. shows, beware because that tent kind of creates a wind tunnel. So you were just like being It's colder hit. in the tent than outside of the tent. Sometimes. Yeah. As soon as we walked outside, it was like, oh, okay. So it was just in there. But um, also a pro tip, which we are now taking with us for the rest of our lives, bring a seat cushion every <laughs> Everybody. The people yes. of Stratford are doing it right. <laughs> yes, we were just sitting on the seats, just butt to the metal, like normal people, <laughs> like like plebes, I guess. Yes. And then we see people show up with seat cushions. And I'm like, I didn't even think of this. This is genius. I know. It was genius. Actually, such a smart <laughs> idea. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was such a... I think something that we had talked about in the car on the way home was that, you know, when theater does reopen fully again and there are indoor shows, I really hope a tent aspect can sort of stay. It brings like a different kind of element. And also, I'm not sure that Stratford would put on these cabaret type uh, style shows in a regular season because there's like not space in the theater is booked up for the entire year. So I would love to see some sort of like hybrid tent and indoor in a future season because I think it offers like way more obviously seating and tickets for people to go to shows and you get a different variety of what you can see. You know, 68 years ago when the Stratford Festival started, this is a little history lesson. It's not really, but 68 (laughs) years ago when the Stratford Festival started, it was in tents. That's where they performed Shakespeare in tents. And then it felt kind of emotional to be back in the Stratford Festival and for the circumstances of the world to make it so they had to perform in tents again. Obviously quite a different tent than they were originally in, but I do like love that it's getting back to the roots of the festival of performing in a tent and I think it would be fantastic. You know, you have your norm in a normal year when we can go do everything as usual. The regular shows in the theaters, but maybe you can do some more creative things, maybe some cabaret, some one night only things in a tent and have it be an extra part of the festival, create kind of these one night only experiences to bring people back. This is my tip for Stratford, you know, this is yeah. <laughs> call us. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, we as we said, saw two of the five cabarets. Um, when this episode is released, there are only two cabarets left that you can buy tickets to see, which is Freedom and finally there's The Sun. And there are a handful of Shakespeare's that are on. They are in a different tent. It's outside of the new Tom Patterson Theater. Um, so check out Stratford's website for that. And before we talk about the shows, just a bit of the ticket process, something that we found, um, this was like something we really wanted to do. It was like our first chance at getting back to see live performance so I stalked the Stratford website for a good seven days and unfortunately I think that's something that you have to do again we don't know about capacity increasing obviously tickets could become more available as it goes on but I like every chance that I got during the day would like refresh the website to see if I could find some tickets you can put yourself on a wait list Steph got called for actually all of the performances that we put ourselves on the wait list for so It is a bit of like an experience in buying tickets, but I don't think that you should let the like difficulties of that deter you from going to a show. No, we so we're not members of of Stratford. So we had to wait for general uh, 
sale to go on. But by the time general sale had gone on, most of the tickets had been taken out by members, which is fair. But that meant we had to do some legwork. So I called, I put myself on the wait list for five shows that weekend. And then Tara every day, checking, checking, checking. And so I was called for one on the wait list. So we bought that. And then you found something on a different day. So we we're both kind of on the phone. I think I was on the phone with Stratford five times that week. Yeah. Um, just be like, hey, me again. And the best one, us eating lunch. They called us right as we were in Stratford. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They did. We have tickets for tomorrow. And it's like, oh, we got tickets for tonight. So yeah. like, oh, enjoy your day. Thanks. Yes. Um, so it is a bit of a process. Just keep that in mind. Um, but also it might not be a process as more tickets become available. So you'll mm-hmm. just have to wait and see for that. Okay, let's talk about the two cabarets that we saw. Now, right off the bat, we will say, unfortunately, you cannot buy tickets for these, but both performances were filmed and they will be released on Stratford's um, digital platform in the fall. So check up on our social media and Stratford social media for that. We will for sure let everybody know when those um, are available to watch as well. There are so many titles on Stratford's uh, digital platform. So Stratfest at Home is what it's called many Shakespeare's, um, a bunch of the like cabarets that we actually watched like on uh, YouTube last year that were only available for 24 hours, all there to stream. There's lots of good stuff on there. Um, and I think it's $10 a month. Don't quote me on that, but um, it's not, it's fairly inexpensive uh, to get a lot of titles. So jumping into the first show that we saw at the Stratford Festival this year, which was titled You Can't Stop the Beat at 11 a.m., um, Steph, I guess we should just like talk about our overall thoughts first before we like deep dive into what each of these cabarets entailed. So you can't stop the beat. We actually saw it before it opened. I believe it opened the next day. So we saw it still a preview. A I believe preview. The, the person yeah. who's curating it was like a few rows behind us taking notes. So yeah. it was like a work in progress still. I think this cabaret, the goal of it was to show like how great musicals are the love of musicals and I also love musicals so (laughs) I I was on board with the theme of the show there were some really like great performances of some songs um and I think it was just you know a fun a fun mix-up of a bunch of songs I agree I think it was um I agree exactly what you said, a fun mix-up of um, all of these songs. I think it really played to the Stratford audience of some of the song choices that they chose. However, a couple questionable ones, which we will get into sure, um, yeah, let's a little discuss. later. But um, overall, it was kind of like a history of the theater through the years. They did, unlike the second show, which we will speak on um, later in this episode, there were more like speaking passages, kind of like monologue moments from uh, the actors that were in it, just like talking about the different time periods why like this composer was important at this time and this composer was important at this time and just like kind of took us through um the years of musical theater yeah they were they were talking about different components of theater or different reasons for songs and it was like they were playing themselves up there so they were little sketches um introducing each song about you know things that they like to sing things they didn't like to sing things that were difficult um you know divas uh sondheim I don't know, love songs, just like different, different Mm -hmm. themes. You Can't Stop the Beat was curated by Tom Allison. As Steph said, he was sitting in the back taking some notes during that preview performance. And then the performance had four different people in it. Um, We had Alana Hibbert, Gabrielle Jones, Evangelia Cambites, and Mark Urie. 
I'm not familiar with any of these people, but they do have like Stratford credits. Um, actually, I think we saw Evangelina in uh, Little Shop and Billy yeah. Elliot. Yeah, she was in, uh, Evangelina was in Little Shop and Billy Elliot that previous year. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think we've seen any of the other ones in anything before. They all mm-hmm. had beautiful voices, really great voices. Yeah. So I think for us, something that seemed a bit confusing to us was the song choices. Um, Some of them I understood and some of them I feel like the flow just didn't quite work for what the storyline they were trying to tell was, if that makes sense. I felt the theme of look how great musicals are was very broad. Um, so yes. <laughs> it's hard to, it's like, we're going to sing great songs for musicals. Well, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of great songs for musicals. And you're going to pick, let's say, 25. It, You know, anytime you thought they were going to go one direction, they would go in a different direction. So it was hard not to feel, oh, why didn't you choose this? Or be disappointed by one thing. And of course, you're, it, you can't please every single person. But by making it so broad, everyone has their own idea of what should be in this show. Yeah, And then when they went in a different direction or when they took a really long time on one thing or when they did a weird smash cut from one thing to a completely different contemporary musical that I don't think anyone has thought of since it won Best Musical. Um, <laughs> We're talking about A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. I'm talking about everybody. A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Um, I was like, this is the most random song choice. Um, we'll talk more about that. But it, it kind of was like a little bit jarring, the 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 path that the show took. Something that I did love about this is right out of the gate, we got an overture, which is something that I have missed so much in the last year and a half. Wow, why am I like getting emotional talking about an overture? Um, And that's like what they said. So the band uh, played a bit of an overture of like all of the different songs that they were going to be singing. And then the four of them came out to be like a live band, everybody. Also... (laughs) an overture like we've missed the overture i honestly like this feels like very theater nerdy to say but like the overture sometimes is one of the most fantastic parts of a musical and to get to hear like a big grandiose overture again even in an outside theater tent like it was everything to me they mashed up i couldn't even recognize some of the songs there was like some gypsy in there there was a bunch of different things that we some stuff we didn't even hear later in the show, but just snippets of great musical theater overtures and great musical theater songs. And it was it was fantastic. And then they went right into Something's Coming, which was also amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, another moment that I really loved in this uh, performance was the mashup of Before the Parade Passes By and Don't Rain on My Parade. It was such a smart, lyrical uh, mashup that really worked for this performance. Yeah, I love that as well. That was a a diva's moment. That was sung by Gabrielle Jones, and she just, like, nailed that. That was right in her her wheelhouse. Um, We're saying these names without any visual representation, but think of, like, Amalda Staunton, because that's all (laughs) I could think of um, when she was singing. She is an older singer and, like, has Mm -hmm. a fantastic voice. I would like to see her in something because I think that it would be interesting to actually see her like play on a stage, which is also like kind of interesting, I guess, in comparison again to the other show is that they tried to have some like theatrical moments with a couple props, you know, just to like mm-hmm. make it more fun. Some but choreo, some choreo. Some choreo. Yeah, there was 
like yes. an anything goes blow Gabriel blow. Yes, with like a choreo trumpet yeah, moment trumpet. or something. Yeah, and then yeah. there was also some choreo for our finale of obviously you can't stop the beat. Um, yes, there was like. It was honestly reminiscent of our camp choreography when we put on hairspray. <laughs> just the four of them in front of their chairs with their mics, the like music book stand in front of them, just doing simple choreography. But it was exciting. It added to the excitement to the performance of the show. Yeah, definitely. Um, something that was very confusing to me was the, what was it, Steph? Like seven minutes Sweeney Todd number? Yes, uh, they did seven minutes of a little, the entire A Little Priest. Which, wonderful, they were talking about villains who you love. I love villains. You do. You love love Sweetie Todd and Mrs. Lovett. But, man, it went on for a really long time. And as someone who is only, like, passingly familiar with Sweetie Todd, Mm. it took me a lot into the song to figure out what musical they were singing from. I thought they were singing Beauty and the Beast because (laughs) Gabrielle's... Mrs. Lovett sounds a lot like a Mrs. Potts. And I was confused. (laughs) I, for a minute, thought it was Les Miserables. We're exposing ourselves (laughs) to our, like, lack of Sweeney Todd knowledge. It's our lack of Sondheim. But we had kind of a Sondheim, like, year, like, in podcast. I've I've never seen Sweeney Todd, okay? Let me live. No, we we watched it for our Halloween episode. You're right. But, like, was I focused? No. 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 I mean, the fact that we both didn't recognize it, and we I watched two no. versions of Sweeney Todd last year it, and still didn't recognize it. Because it was a lot of, like, dialogue, right? It was a, Yeah. It, that's a hard one to do in a cabaret setting because you're asking the audience to, like, fall in with characters immediately who you haven't been getting to know. You know, exactly. it's like a full character dialogue interaction song. And I think without a lot of knowledge of Sweeney Todd, that one was hard to get into. And it was also, it went on for a really long time. I mean, the other one that was hard to get into also in the villain song was that, like, deep cut Little Mermaid musical song. I want the good times back. Ursula sings. We were ready for a poor, unfortunate souls. And then got this, which I don't think anybody there knew what that that song was. When she pulled the ball around her, I was like, yes, Ursula, it's happening. (laughs) And then, well, also because the underscoring had a bit of poor, unfortunate souls in it. Right. It's like the theme, the Ursula theme. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird deep cut. Um, I, and I understand why they chose that because, you know, they wanted to highlight muse like stage musicals versus movie musicals. But then also they did like pure imagination from mm-hmm. Boy Wonk and the Charlotte Factory. I was like, oh, that's just from the movie. Yeah, that's not in the musical. And I was like, oh, I don't like this choice either. So I yeah. don't know. Although um, both of these performances sung beautifully. They just yes. like, didn't quite work for me in the tone of the cabaret. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, okay, we've already kind of discussed it. The I've decided to marry you. This I've is a fantastic. <laughs> uh, this is a fantastic song. Like truly, the first time I ever saw it was at the Watch Tony Awards. That Tony performance. Watch amazing. it. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Just the stagecraft of having them on either side of the door and having him like Genius. in between. So good, so good. Um, but what I'm thinking of great iconic moments from musicals, is this a song that I'm thinking of? Absolutely not. I think we both said, like, I forgot this song existed, but then <laughs> was it also stuck in my head for the rest of the day? 100%. Yes, I decided to marry you. Yeah, just the accents. They sounded great, but it was just a weird choice. Now, Monty, dear, I think I know 
should go. Oh. But I still want to marry you. Even so. I decided to marry you. Just go. How I'm longing to marry you. Marry yes, I'm delighted to marry you, marry you, marry you. She you must go. Again, like, I agree with you, sounded great, but without the stagecraft of that number, I don't think that song really works anywhere. You need it's the doors. Hard. You kind of do need the doors. You kind of need the doors. There was, as you were saying, like, a love medley, which was a lot of, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein um, music, and then we also got a Sondheim medley, which was, like, not exactly a Sondheim medley. It was mostly company, and then as we thought we were gonna get, you know, the big being alive moment, Steph and I were, like, literally waiting for this moment. We swapped and went to Follies, and it was like, oh, we were almost there, guys. <laughs> Yes, they were like, son time. This is close to the end. Son time. I'm like, wow, I'm excited. They're like, Then it was like about marriage and relationships, okay? The little things you do together. Great. Getting married today. Amazing. You could drive a person crazy. So good. Those harmonies were really good on yeah. you could drive a person crazy. Sounded amazing. And then and then I'm like, wow, we're ready. alive. Being alive is about to happen. And then it was, could I leave you? And it just felt like like such a letdown in that moment. Like... Not that that's also not a beautiful song about a relationship, but I felt we had been building to being alive. And I feel like it was a, a specific choice in this in this um, cabaret to veer off and go with the unexpected choice very often because they did that mm. many times. This is this is the things we've been complaining about. So I do think the things that we maybe thought were questionable were specific choices. For sure. Um, but yeah, it just kind of like let you down a little bit as a as a viewer kind of yeah i agree um yeah we just really wanted to hear being alive like gonna sometimes be honest you need about the that. payoff <laughs> sometimes when you build so much up to something you need that payoff and yeah. you can't and you can't expect the audience to be just as happy you it has to really be amazing for the audience to be just as happy as something different yeah i will also say that while we were sitting there and they were like son time i looked at you as like passion like are we gonna get it <laughs> that's a song about love okay yes no where was one Posca has ever in loved you. where was Posca? <laughs> um but yeah overall again like we had such a great time at this to be outside with an audience hear the applause like I'll never forget like that that was our first um, Stratford experience. And then obviously we had like a casual six hours to kill before <laughs> our next performance. So we walked around Stratford. Um, what we did here was a sneak peek at why we tell this story second show when Steph walks by as we're like walking through and she's like, Aida? Aida? <laughs> like, are we getting Aida? We got Aida. Um, so Aida. We have to talk about, um, honestly, we will say the reason that we wanted to go to Stratford was to see this cabaret. It features some of our faves. Um, I will let Past guest of the podcast, Vanessa Sears. Past guest of the podcast who killed it. We will talk about Vanessa Amazing. in a little bit. But like, I think we should start the like Tara obsesses over Robert Marcus tally now. So just like keep it in your mind because yes. Robert Marcus, I love you. Like... I can't. Um, He's got one of the best voices. Like, yeah, truly, truly. So the second cabaret that we saw was Why We Tell the Story, um, which was a celebration of black music theater. Um, It was curated by Marcus Nance, who also performed in this cabaret. Can we just talk about They Live In You? They Live In You. (laughs) They Live In You. They Live In Me. 
I've seen The Lion King. I've said this on many episodes. I have never heard that song sung like that. When it was the second song, they started off, obviously, why we tell the story once on this island. So we knew that it was coming. They opened with like a bit of a monologue and then got into the human heart, which was sung so beautifully. Like that song is, Mm -hmm. can make you cry at any moment. The four of them, their harmonies were so polished. It was like just... One person opening their mouth. It was gorgeous. I will say, I did do a little bit of like a deep dive on Marcus Nance's Instagram. This is not a new cabaret. Seems like they've performed some of these songs in 2019, 2018. So the four of them, I don't know if all four of them are always there together. The fourth person in this cabaret was Nima Bickersteth. Um, Beautiful voice, like opera-esque voice. Like a soprano, yes. Yes. So she uh, got us like right out of the gate there with a human heart. And then I like saw on the piano sheet music that They Live In You was coming. I was like, okay, Lion King. And then (laughs) Marcus Nance opened his mouth to sing. Floored. Floored. I have like This is where I started to cry. This is where I started to tear up emotionally. (laughs) Um, It was a lot for me to hear that. I don't know why. I was just like, this song... And his voice was so rich. And then with the the other three of them singing back up, um, the African, like that song in general, I think everything from The Lion King, so, so powerful. Um, you have to shout out Lebo M who wrote um, a lot of this music. But wow, the best version of that song I've ever heard. Exactly. Like I, Marcus Nance needs to bring that, like he needs to be on Broadway with that song, with that voice. Like I couldn't I believe. I want I know. I like can't wait for this to be online so everyone gets to experience that moment. He yes. is like the most beautiful of baritone voices out there. And when he was hitting those low notes, I like, I could talk about this for the rest of my life. Like it was so so phenomenal and I think that having that as like your song too really set us up for how incredible the rest of this Mm -hmm. show was um it was also musical directed by Franklin Braz who is married to uh, Marcus Nance so obviously like they really thought through this musical curation project he is also the director for of music for the Stratford Music Festival so for years and years and years so he knows this festival he knows this music it was like quite special to get to have him you know playing the piano there um being the director of music there and it was really fun to see them perform together yeah it was also like so interesting for us because as we said had like six hours to kill so we walked into like the theater store attached to the avon theater and there's marcus nance's cd like right there for purchase so we might need to buy it (laughs) i honestly think we do like this voice this is a person we've never seen perform before and now Mm -hmm. i need to see everything that he's ever in going forward um he Some. has an up close and musical there as well. He was the mm. he was in Little Shop last year. You know, he's a he's a Stratford vet as well. Yeah. Some highlights. I mean, like, honestly, this entire show for me was yes. a highlight. I really Great. like I have no critiques, Marcus Nance, for your curation of this show. <laughs> Let's just go through it. So basically they had uh, sections of the show and they would open each section with um, a reading either by like Langston Hughes. There was like a Maya Angelou, I think, at one point, And they would read those out and then someone else would sing um, a song that kind of related to that story moment. Um, 
Let's go kind of in order of your highlights. Let's also talk about Marcus Nance singing Big Black Man from the Full Monty because the contrast. <laughs> yes. And also with the backup of Robert Marcus. Yes. It was everything. I also want to point out, um, obviously, Mar- uh, Robert Marcus was the only white man in this uh, cabaret. And I think that they did a fantastic job of sitting him out at appropriate times. He was not yes. there to sing the songs about hardship and everything that the uh, black community has gone through, because that's not mm-hmm. his place to do that. So when he did sing, it was like he was there to sing the songs that obviously like were more of about like family or love or whatever it might be. But no time did it ever feel like he was taking away someone else's performance. Right. The first song that he got to solo on was Change Don't Come Easy from Memphis, which is white people singing it. I also do want to mention something interesting. You know, this was uh, a cabaret about the black experience in musical theater. And yet when you looked around at the audience, uh, completely white. I would say. Yes. But I also think... Including us. Including us. Including us. That is also, um, unfortunately, the Stratford audience, um, the people that live in Stratford. uh, Mm. So I do think that having cabarets like this, and I honestly hope that they continue to do stuff like this in the future, lets other people um, hear songs that they might have never heard before and learn something. Like, Mm. I, I feel like some of these songs, like, really taught you something if you cared to pay attention to some of the lyrics. So I do hope that stuff like this continues on in the future. But yes, um, that performance by both uh, Robert Marcus and Marcus Nance um, so of funny. Big Black Man was fantastic. And yes, 100% tonally, like two yes, crazy he just different did songs. Like, they live in you. And then he's like Big Black Man with one song in between. And you're just like, versatility. Acting. The versatility, 100%. Okay, everyone, as I said, the obsession of Robert Marcus is real. I actually want to put on the record here, this is a conversation that Steph and I have had in the car multiple times. Like, I'm sorry, Robert Marcus, that we didn't learn about you until the Toronto production of Dear Evan Hansen, because I Correct. feel, like, ripped off that I never saw Tommy <laughs> and that I never saw um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I just, like, I need to put that out there. <laughs> there are some, that YouTube video of him singing Rocky Horror unmatched truly unmatched the versatility in this <laughs> that is versatility that is versatility. Is insane also like i we talked about him quite a bit actually on our dear van hansen episode obviously because we did get to see him he is one of the like cleanest singers i've ever heard and i think he has a fantastic voice i feel so terrible that dear van hansen in toronto did not pan out the way that everyone thought that it would because he did not sign on for Stratford Seasons that year because it was a huge Mervish production. Um, Also, we were supposed to see him, which hopefully, here's what it takes, still happens um, in the future. He was going to be in that and possibly Chicago, I believe. Um, But like now that we know what we know, we're following his career everywhere. I'll never miss another thing he ever does. No. So Robert, if you ever hear this, we're sorry that we ever missed any of your performances and we cannot wait to see everything else that you do in the future. His Up Close and Musical is the one. Okay, wait. I think we actually need to like, this is where the obsession basically began. Again, Mm -hmm. Dervin Hansen, fantastic. We watched this Up Close and Personal on Stratford's website. Up Close and Musical. Up Close and Musical. Um, On YouTube for 24 hours it was available. It is now on Stratford's website. 
if you are going to buy one thing on that website, please buy this performance. It is worth every penny. Him, okay, here's the strategy. You wait till September when all of these are released. Then you and watch also, everything. And then you also subscribe and you also watch this Up Close and Musical. 100%. We're just like watching this. I was watching this first. Um, as I feel like this is how it normally is. I watch something, I text you, I'm like, <laughs> turn this on right now. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I'm watching this performance. Everything is like going great. He sounds phenomenal. He comes out to sing poetry. Britta Johnson from... Past guest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Life After. Um, I was like, Steph, he's singing poetry. Like, turn this on now. Losing is confusing. What once was black and white has turned to gray. All different shades so strange and new. And there's a certain poetry. Then he sings the joke by Brandy Carlisle. Steph, like, what are your words? I have none. Uh, there are no words. His voice is absolutely just so clear, so pure. We, I know the joke by Brandy Carlisle, great song. And then we'd also heard Ben Platt sing it at great his concert. Great rendition. Um, so, you know, it is a voice, a song where you can just let your voice soar. And Robert Marcus did that. He did that and more. Um, it's so emotional. Um, and just the like the like little like riffs on yes. the, the, he, just the words. Th- this is the thing. Like he's such a clean singer, but he strategically like puts riffs at the right moments. But they're still such clean riffs. Like I don't know what he's doing with his voice, but like keep doing it because it's everything. And when he did these strategic clean riffs, was in his performance of "Mama Will Provide" from "Once on This Island." The high notes this man hit? Crazy. <laughs> he, it, it, it's crazy because you'd think this is maybe the opposite of who should be singing this song. Yeah. And yet you are not even mad about it because the vocal chops are there. A hundred percent. Also, they were having a fantastic time with him. Everyone was like playing along to the vocal choices that he was doing. Everyone seemed to just be honestly like a Saturday night where it's at. They give yes. such great performances. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they give great performances every day, but there's something about a Saturday night performance that like you'll never experience with the outside with the sun setting behind it. It was stunning. amazing. It was golden stunning. hour, golden yes. hour during the show. So good. I another like. Like standout for me, Robert Marcus performance, which I don't think I've heard this song sung in a cabaret like maybe ever, was Family from Dreamgirls. I <laughs> love that song like so much. And to hear again like him lead vocals on that, but the three-part harmonies happening behind him, like I someone was doing whatever they were doing in this like curation musical rehearsal process, like I wish I was there to hear the magic being made. Something I really loved about this one, which was in contrast to the morning one, the morning one, there was a lot of setup to every song. Whereas this one, it was just like song, 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 yes. song. Like you get the point. Okay. Yes. You understand what we're doing here. You don't need to be handheld through what's happening. We're just going to sing for 90 minutes for you. Okay, Steph, I think you need to talk about Aida. So. God, okay. <laughs> Look, I feel like Aida just doesn't get the credit it deserves. And when Robert Marcus and Vanessa Sears started singing Elaborate Lives, um, the original cast, Adam Pascal, Heather Headley. Iconic. Um, like, no one better. No one better. And then they're just, like, it's unbelievable to me. <laughs> 
it, they just sounded so, so beautiful. I love that song. I love Aida. Revive Aida. Um, do a strat for production of Aida. I don't know. Like, like what can, what petition can we start? It sounded so good. What a love song. It should be performed more. We And then we went into Helpless from Hamilton, which if there was like, I'm not going to say dud because dud is a bad word, but if there was like a moment of the show that we might not have needed, I think it's Helpless. Um, But after Helpless, we get I Got Love from Mm -hmm. Pearly, which obviously we know from Smash. From Smash. Vanessa Sears, everybody. Amazing. Amazing. She hits like these crazy high notes in this song. And this was like, after she had just sang Elaborate Lives, then Helpless, and then this, and then... She was Angelica and Helpless. She was, yes. our, she was our Angelica. And it was just like, Vanessa, I can't believe you're hitting these notes. Obviously, we heard her sing um, when we saw her in Carolina Change, which was like one of the last shows that we saw before the shutdown. And then her Up Close and Musical, also very good. But I feel like her voice in the last couple years is like astronomically good (laughs) she always sounds amazing but she has to me never sounded better than she did totally during this cabaret and let's like jump forward a little bit the kind of finale before the actual finale was vanessa singing i'm here from the color purple so we knew in advance that this song was on the set list and we knew that this was the one song that was going to make us both cry Uh, yeah we listen to i'm here a lot (laughs) just (laughs) together yeah, we do. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Gonna hold my head up. Gonna put my shoulders back and look you straight in the eye. I'm gonna flirt with somebody when they walk by. I'm gonna sing out, sing out. Um, we just, we just love it. Um, Shout out to Ryan and- Bloomquist for maybe the greatest <laughs> video to ever live online, which is um, Cynthia Revo singing "I'm Here" interspliced into when Jennifer Hudson singing at the Lincoln Center, I believe, uh, with- at the Kennedy Center Honors. Kennedy Center Honors with Oprah and obviously Stedman, um, like. <laughs> shocked by her performance but it was spliced together with Cynthia Revo. I will put in the description for our YouTube viewers like it's required viewing honestly Steph and I um always in like we mimic it over FaceTime like it's an important moment in our lives so obviously when yeah. we found out that I'm here was in the set list already beside myself then yeah. hearing this performance damn Vanessa she's had an amazing amazing I just it's hard because you know the version I have on my that I listen to is like LaShawn's or Cynthia Arrivo, two 
like legends of theater. This is also after we spent like 20 minutes of our Jimmy's episode saying to never sing this song. Like <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard song. I know we've talked a lot about I'm here recently. It's a hard song and it does take maturity to be able to sing. And I really think Vanessa just nailed it. She really And then it. obviously as the show after the show ended, we got in the car and I've never scream sung I'm here the way that we did twice in a row that night. <laughs> Just us like casually leaving Stratford, you know, it's probably like so quiet. I'm sure everybody heard us driving by. Yeah, yeah. Like, screaming. We screaming. Screaming. It I never just, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it is just such a fantastic song in general. And to hear it sung the way that you picture it to be sung, it yeah. just like means that much more to you. I like could listen to Vanessa's version of that every day. I hope that we get wow, like can I put a petition out here to get like a cast recording of this? Because I think I need it. It would be great. Just of the whole show. Like, actually, all of the Stratford Cabarets, like, let's get a cast recording going. They could. I would. That would be amazing. Um, Can we jump back a little bit? Um, Also, uh, Nima Bickersteth, very early in the show, sang Summertime. Mm -hmm. And that just sat in the perfect spot in her voice. And, you know, if we're talking about uh, Black artists in music theater, you can't go without summertime and that was just like a perfect perfect performance of that song too also um marcus nance singing uh old man river which i know is on his um album that they were selling at that stratford store so obviously a song that he's performed many times that was another like wow this voice this rich tone like Mm -hmm. i can't believe and also again like there there was more i think Something that stuck out to me, which didn't stick out to me in the morning, the chemistry between this foursome was amazing. And it's something that the foursome in the morning, like, did not have. All of these people seem to, like, genuinely be friends with each other. I know Marcus and Vanessa have, like, worked on, sorry, Robert Marcus and Vanessa have worked on, like, many shows together. So there is a friendship there. But watching these performers cheer each other on after all of the songs was really special and something that you don't get to see very often. There was great chemistry. They were they were kind of, while someone else was singing, they were looking at each other. And then after someone would finish and the applause was happening, they would be kind of making eye contact, you know, speaking without speaking. It was it was really fun, especially because it's such an intimate setting. There were only yeah. 100 of us in the audience. And we were so close. I think we were in the second row. Um, mm-hmm. So you, it really felt like a very intimate experience uh, yeah. between the audience and the performers. And then obviously we closed out the show with the title song of the cabaret, which is why we tell the story from Once on this Island. such a fun song they really like mm-hmm. had a great time closing this off and as soon as it ended i was like i want to come back tomorrow like i want to see the show again <laughs> would see it again they you know who the like low-key mvps uh were of this aaron's and flaherty who I know. <laughs> <laughs> because you know they obviously wrote once on this island and they performed three songs from that but then uh wheels of a dream from ragtime also an aaron's and flaherty show they the the secret MVPs of why we tell the story. I know, crazy. Um, yeah, it after was I just complained like... about them a few weeks ago <laughs> for writing the worst musical, Rocky, but 
what are you gonna do those are that's a duo that like we have to deep dive into because their list of songs or sorry list of musicals bizarre like truly wide bizarre. ranging wide ranging don't even we go talk from about like Zeusical. anastasia <laughs> like it's so all over the place it's like kind of crazy the list of musicals that these two have written yeah. but yeah um i really think that being able to see uh that cabaret at night before we like jumped in the car to head home was like the perfect ending to our day in Stratford. I have like not felt that musical theater joy in almost two years and to be that impressed by the performers. Again, this is also saying that like these people have not sung on a regular basis for almost like two years now. Healthy voices, everybody. Like these voices are at their best and it was fantastic. They sounded so good. In both shows, everyone was like really peak performance um, for their voices. It was like truly, honestly, like an honor to watch and to hear these people get to perform the way that they did for some of these audiences and like these shows didn't run for that long so we're one of very few that got to like sit in and watch a live performance in Stratford and it just made me so excited for like what theater is gonna be at Stratford in the future and again like I really hope that they find a way to keep some of these cabarets whether they do these like digital performances because those amazing too like let's keep the cabarets going at Stratford because the talent is insane yeah, I I loved this. I loved that this is what Stratford decided to come back with. Obviously, you know, they're doing a bunch of Shakespeare's this year, which is their bread and butter, what they began with. But as they've entered into doing musicals and honoring musicals, uh, these cabarets have been so much fun. So obviously our focus is always musicals, if you know us. So we'll talk a little bit about the other cabarets that they have. So Play On actually co-curated by our fave Rob Marcus is about uh, songs and Shakespeare and how they kind of go together and Mm -hmm. we were just taking a look it'll be over by the time this episode comes out but the set list looks really fun Um, some Taylor Swift some Lion King of course um, some Joni Mitchell some uh, Radiohead just anything you can kind of think of that is Shakespearean but pop music is in there so fantastic the um, next uh, cabaret that is on um, at the time of release of this episode is Freedom, which is curated by Bo Dixon, who we briefly uh, chatted about with Vanessa uh, on her episode when she was on with us. Uh, they He was in Ghost Quartet, which we also loved. Yes, um, and they did their Porchside concert together. Uh, yes. So we know a bit about him, but this is also a spirit and legacy of black music. Um, There is no, at the time of recording, a set list out for this, so we don't know uh, the songs that are in it, but the little like bio says, uh, jazz to rock and roll, R&B and rap. Um, We owe much of musical history to black culture, and it's time to give credit where it's due. So that sounds really great as well. More like modern music versus like theater music. Yeah. And then the final cabaret, which is finally their son. Um, This is in September. This, I believe, is like the final cabaret to close out uh, Stratford's season uh, for musicals. Um, This features uh, Sarah Farb. Um, This one is about, uh, it's called the Cabaret of Resilience. So I, again, don't know what the actual um set list is because this is not coming out until September but she Sarah Farb also co-curated this one so um yeah should be interesting the cabarets seem like really fun it, it, they did like a I wonder if they all got together to be like hey guys these are the songs that we're thinking about like don't 
don't use these because we're using them. (laughs) Can't overlap. Like, these are ours. These are ours first. And claim them. Also, which we did not mention, all of these cabarets, uh, 90 minutes, um, which is great. No intermission. You just like. I don't know. The overall Stratford experience was like really, really great and like a really great first experience into live theater in this world. I, it was a wonderful day trip. Obviously, we had a ton of time between shows, so we had a picnic lunch that we packed. We went and hung out in the Shakespeare Gardens. We did some, like, window shopping. We saw two weddings we, being had in yes, their pictures being taken. I love it. <laughs> we walked along the river, like, five times. Yep. Um, we, there's a little gardens outside of the festival theater that we hung out in for a little bit. Um, it's just, it's, like, a lovely day trip. So even yeah. if you just go see one thing, hang around for lunch or dinner after. There's oh, there's something also exciting you can do. You can buy um, like a meal from mm-hmm. a restaurant in Stratford, and you can get alcohol with it, and you can drink it in the park. There are designated areas where you can um, drink alcohol in the park as long as you've purchased it with a meal from a Stratford restaurant. That's a really fantastic thing that Stratford has started doing last year and this year to encourage people to spend time outside and support local businesses and restaurants. And I think most importantly, if you can and have the means to support the arts. They've had a really tough time um, in the last, uh, well, almost two years now. And the art sector has seemed to be like quite ignored by the Canadian government over the last uh, little while. So with these performances, whether it is Stratford, um, Musical Stage Company doing a lot of stuff right now, Shaw Fest in Niagara Falls, like just support the arts. there's some really, as we've said this entire episode, like fantastic talent out there and go see a live show. It like really <laughs> makes your day. Whether this was something that I loved about the first cabaret specifically was like the the conversation of how much theater means to someone. And it's not just in the two hours that you're sitting there. It means something outside of that time as well. And bring that with you into your daily day. So yeah, that are that is our thoughts on these two cabarets as well as the entire Stratford um, Festival that's going on right now. As we said, uh, these... I believe all of the cabarets will be having film performances. We know for sure the two that we saw were filmed. Um, So they will be on Stratford's website um, in the fall. So definitely check out for that. You can subscribe to Stratfest at home to see all of these uh, film performances and the previous performances that they have. There's a huge library. So it's definitely something I would recommend. And with that being said, it is now time for our obsession of the week. So my obsession this week is a song that I forced Tara to listen to many times on the way, on the drive home from Stratford. And it's a little song called Famous Five Eva. So it's from the TV show Girls Five Eva. <laughs> Which like Steph has only seen the first two episodes no, and I've yeah. only watched the whole season. <laughs> um, the song Famous Five Eva is amazing. So this show Girls Five Eva is a Tina Fey produced uh, TV show about a girl group called Girls Five Eva who is reuniting after like 20 years apart. And because it's Tina Fey, it's Jeff Richmond, it's, um, you know, Sarah Bareilles, Busy Phillips, Paula Pell, Renee Lee Goldsberry, like it, uh, Daniel Breaker is in it. You know, you get Erica Henningsen, Ashley Park, just like great theater, Andrew Rannell, sorry, I'm just thinking. Will Chase. <laughs> Will Chase, uh, my favorite, Bowen Yang, who's like not a musical theater guy, which I just love him. Yeah. Um, just, you get all of them there. It is like clearly, I think influenced by Tina's time, Tina and Jeff's time working on Mean Girls. Um, I don't think you would get this show without their work on Mean Girls and without their involvement in the theater community. And I just think comedy music writing is very difficult to do. And I think the song, specifically Girls 5 Eva, really captured 
um, what it was pop music was like in the early 2000s while also being hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a parody, but also amazing. So the song goes by Meva. I want to be famous by Meva because that's more than forever. Like, it's so good. Wanna be famous by wasn't aware that there was a full song i thought that's it's obviously the theme song um of the show yeah. so there's a, I, an album yes there's an ep out of all of the songs um in the show i only thought that that song was the length of the theme song and then was truly shocked when there was many many verses to um that we watched song. the music video yes um, <laughs> i just also want to say renee elise goldsberry did that a comedy legend everything (laughs) like a comedy legend why is she so funny why is she so funny as someone that has seen the entire um season of this show um, unlike me (laughs) i am indifferent to it i think it got better as it went on but renee i will watch you in any comedy performance that you do forever because like she is the star of this show right and also looks amazing oh my god she is some of them are playing themselves in their 20s as like the original girls five of a in the flashbacks and in the modern day and like sarah i'm like okay but renee plays (laughs) like 20 and 50 or 40 equally as compellingly yes looks amazing she's amazing um it did get renewed for season two so that's exciting for them i will one day finish the season but for now i'll just be blasting girls famous, famous famous i will just be blasting famous five ever in every car ride and when i see you tonight tara we will be playing famous <laughs> five ever girls five ever <laughs> three gather because that's one more than two together <laughs> this is actually like we were discussing this right before we jumped on here i really think that like Mean Girls should have went more comedy parody writing um, on the musical mm. and I feel like I would have enjoyed it more but then I also am as I said like indifferent to this TV show so unknown my thoughts on it in general but but the song it's a fun story dream yeah. girlfriend also really funny like just the <laughs> lyrics there's lyrics are so funny the EP uh, yeah, is available to, to stream <laughs> yes shout out to Jeff Richman and Meredith Scardino for writing these music and lyrics <laughs> Um, my obsession is like completely in the opposite direction of um, this comedy. So I, from time to time, like to go onto Playbill's website and look up in their cast recording section to see like what is being released um, because they have like an entire list of the entire of the full year. So last year in November, a concept album was released for an Anne of Green Gables musical. Steph. It's great. It's like a pop rock version of Anne of Green Gables. Um, I believe that there was a performance of it in like 2016, I want to say. It's Godspeed Productions. There is a performance date for 2022. So they are trying to get this um, musical on its feet. But the cast recording um, features Colin Donnell, Patty Murin, Chris McCarroll, who like haven't heard his voice on a cast recording in forever. And then randomly but also like legendarily diana de garmo from american idol you know what 
I remember her on season three of American Idol. She has My a great voice. Yes. She, she does a lot of theater, too. She's married to, um, this is probably over by now, but at time of recording, her and her husband, also another American Idol contestant, Ace Young, are doing a first date virtually. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, with um, Mr. Uh, Cara Lindsay, Kevin Massey. Um, wow. A gentleman's guide throwback in that. <laughs> wow. Speaking of gentleman's guide to love and murder. <laughs> Yes. Also, um, speaking of Memphis, because I feel like he was in the ensemble of that. I agree. We we fully saw him do Gentleman's Guide here in Toronto. Yes. And you know what? He was great. Like Correctly cast. He was very cast. good in that show. But yeah, so this Anne of Green Gables is like, I don't know. Sometimes when you think like Anne of Green Gables, you think it's going to be like a folksy, not like really fun cast recording. Like this EP, really, really good. And specifically the last four songs really really good so i um have chosen for my obsession this week uh the song i want to know sung by chris mccarroll guys he has a stunning voice and i wish that he did more theater because obviously like he was marius and then the lightning thief like really failed him and i hope that he he got to tour that for a long time i know but like percy jackson for a long time the broadway I mean, it was only a limited run, so they didn't get canceled. Um, But I do hope that he has a chance to, like, come back and be on stage because he really has, like, a stunning, stunning voice. Um, He's obviously playing Gilbert in uh, Anne of Green Gables. I did read some, like, Broadway World boards, and I feel like, Steph, you would like this because I know that you love Anne with an E. And someone said that, like, listening to this cast recording, like, made them want to rewatch Anne with an E. So I was like, okay. Always ready to to rewatch Anne with an E. You should watch Anne with an E. When Anne and Gilbert do their, like, period dancing, the sexual tension between the 14-year-olds was too much. (laughs) A CBC, like original but also like really great cbc show i feel like that was like a big yes. success story out of canada and with an e yes. on netflix um and it's with available. an e fantastic like really really good adaptation of that so yeah i'm like now kind of interested to see the rest of the life of this anne of green gables musical um it is written by matt o'brien and matt vinson uh they uh did the music and lyrics for this i'm not familiar with their work but um as I said, there is a production slated for 2022, so hopefully there'll be like some production pictures from that. But my obsession this week, sung by Chris McCarroll, is I Want to Know. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Oh, I'll study well until I memorize you. There's so many thoughts and theories I could show. Yeah, that wraps up our episode on the Stratford um, Festival. As we said throughout the episode, stay tuned um, on our social media for when these performances are on Stratford's um, website for you to stream. And you can follow us at off to be Way Podcast. That's with the number two. And you can subscribe to us here on YouTube or you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. And we would love it if you would leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts and let us know if you get it to Stratford Festival this summer. Uh, We want to know how it was. Yes, for sure. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.